Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining. So wonderful to see all these beautiful, shining faces. Thank you guys. Ah, a privilege, a schus, a yichud. Amazing thing. All of us are connecting from all around the world. Unbelievable. Mamish, unbelievable. So thank you for joining. And I hope everybody's doing well. Having a great week. Let us jump into it. I'm going to share my screen here. So we can see Sichas Aran 61. Okay. Sichas Aran Samach Aleph. This is where we're holding. We're going to jump in. And this we need to see after for. Because I, I just, in preparing for the shear this morning, looking at this piece, I realized it said a little bit more than I thought it said the first time or times around Sichas Aran which is uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, you always pick up on further nuances. But we need we need Siyat HaDashmaya together to really crack open every word and to really hear what he's saying. I think it's very deep. And Be'ezer Hashem, throughout the course of this year, we're going to see this piece, of course, from the Rebbe Sicha Saran. We're also going to take a look at a teaching from Kedusha Slevi, from the Bredichever, as well as an amazing, amazing piece from the Piyasetzna Rebbe the the uh, the Eish Kodesh, the Chavis, the Chavis in his Sefer Derech HaMelech, Hashem. So that's really going to be what I really want to get to ultimately. But let's begin at the beginning with the Rebbe's incredible teaching in Sicha Saran Samach Aleph. And the Rebbe says like this, Inyan Hadre B. What does this mean, Hadra B? Hanem Gemara, you find in the Gemara from time to time, this idea of Hadre B, where one of the Amirayim who had a certain hanhaga or held a certain opinion, we find in Hilchah Shabbos, with regard to Tchum and other areas as well. And then that opinion is challenged. And in response, the Amara says, Hadrabi. He says, okay, I recant, I take it back. Hadar, like to take, like something going back, Hadar to return. Hadrabi. He says, I, I, I'm recanting my opinion. I won't do that anymore. I'm not going to carry on with that on Hagan. You find this, it's brought in the Sikha Saran on the bottom. They bring in the notes. How many times in Shas? A bunch of times, six, seven times. You find this concept of Hajrabi. Says the Rebbe, of course, on a certain level, on a simple level, it's talking about the recanting of an opinion. Hajrabi, I will return from that, from that position and I will move away from it. I will distance myself. And now I'll do something else. That's true. That's what it means. Al-pipshat. But the Rebbe says, I want you to know that Hadri B is also B'chin of Tshuva. It's an aspect of Tshuva. Because Hadar in Aramaic means, again, to return. And in as much as you're returning, so then you're not only returning from a, from a, a halachic position or an opinion that you may have held, but it's an aspect of returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hadri B. And all of us, in our lives, we have this experience of Hadri B, which we'll see in a minute what that is. In this specific circumstance, we're referring to an Amoira who seems to have held a position that was a blemish in the Torah. He held something that wasn't aligned with the MS. And so Kipshutai, Hadri B means he's doing Tshuva for that. So it's not only that the person is recanting from his position, it's like we said, I'll be shot. That's what it means. He says it's deeper. He says there actually has to be an aspect of tshuva, hadribi. It's as if the Amira is saying, I need to do tshuva for having held a position that wasn't aligned in accordance with the with that with the objective emes. Hadribi. So he says, Once his position was challenged by another one of the Tamid Chachamim in the base Madrash. He understood that he had made an error and he immediately did tshuva. And that's what he meant when he said not just that, okay, I take it back, but I take me back. I must go ahead and do tshuva. It's not hadar, you know, from misvarasi, let's say, from my, from my position. There's the, there's the aspect not only of recanting his position, but to return legamre in an aspect of tshuva for having said such a thing that was challengeable al pihalach, the shav b'tshuva miyad. That's what the Rebbe says. Then he goes one step further, because up until now we're learning that hadri b has two levels. 
Number one is apipshat, the article translation. What it literally means is I recant, I take it back. Then the Rebbe said from the word be, it doesn't just mean I take it back, but it takes, it means I take myself back, meaning I need to do tshuva from having held this position. Now the Rebbe adds a third level. Not only that right now I'm, I'm going ahead and doing tshuva, hadre bi, but this experience, and we're going to talk about what this means in a minute, this experience is actually a revelation of the fact that I had shuva in me all along. Hadre B, long before I actualized it in this moment, given this opportunity of becoming starkly aware of how much I lack, really haisa B metchila. Hadra B, it was always in me. The Rebbe says that this koyach of tshuva, this power, it was only in potential. But at this moment in time, now I'm able to go ahead and I'm able to actualize and I'm able to bring it from potential to actuality. And here the Rebbe continues and explains. And again, I want to thank all of you for being here, for keeping me company in foggy London. It's a gaval. <laughs> and I need it so badly. So thank you guys. Mamish for keeping me warm. So he says, Ki tshuva, shuva He says there's a tshuva that's in potential. And it never comes out. That each and every person's walking around, and we're going to learn from the Piyasets or something so deep. Each of us are walking around with like a like a seed, a kernel of tshuva that just maybe hasn't been planted yet. Or if it's been planted, it hasn't taken root. Or if it's taken root, it hasn't begun to sprout. But we have tshuva inside. It's an impulse. It's baked into the essence of the Jewish experience. It has not yet manifested in a way of actuality. Says the Rebbe. This is why, from time to time, a person will have an experience of a great light that's beyond him or that's beyond her. Pitom, all of a sudden, will have this incredible burst of illumination that comes from a realm mamish beyond. But it's so far beyond us that it succeeds in highlighting for us just how far we are. So he says, that the person will have an experience of something that's really beyond that person. For what purpose? For the purpose of shaking the person up in his entirety to then realize, wow, I really lack, and it's really time for me to really start to put the pedal to the metal in my spiritual growth and really put the focus on, on trying to strive and to and to make to make strides in my in my Yiddishkeit. And the Rebbe finishes, from this that the person had a very elevated perception beyond his madrega. It seems, again, this is already Parshanut. I don't, I don't really know what he means exactly. But the way that I'm reading it, I think maybe this is what it means, that he had no kalim for it. So it was because of this incredible hasaga that came from so far beyond him that he had no kalim for, he had no vessel for that. He wasn't holding by that madrega. It led to a shvira, led to a shattering. Memela, he misinterpreted what that great light was. He said something off, and that saying something off opened the door for his friend to step in and point out that blemish, which then led to the aspect of Hadra B. Not only am I recanting my position, and not only am I doing tshuva for what I had said, but this now allows for the revelation that Hadra B, that tshuva was always in me. And HaKadosh Baruch who said that Amaira, again, on his level, but it's true for all of us, leads us into circumstances which seem to lift us up to the very to the very height at Ruma Shemaim, only to slam us to the ground. But it's all an exercise in coming to the awareness of how much we how much we lack, how much we need. Memela retroactively is able to say, whoa, if this is what happened to me, then it must be Hadrabi. It must be that I had Shuva inside of me. And this experience of tshuva inside needed this revelation in this shocking way 
so that there would be an opening where I could look it straight in the face and look my lack in the face in a way that I couldn't have without having this strange experience of an illumination that comes from beyond that shakes me up so deeply that now I say, okay, Hajrabi, I have to do tshuva. I have to actualize the hidden potential tshuva within me. So he says, just to read again, it was because this Amira was taka able to reach such a very lofty level in this moment. This leads to a shvira, to a breaking, and it leads to saying something that wasn't appropriate, at least in this context, in this case. So then his friend points it out. And he understands immediately, ah, okay, this was a gift, that now I'm able to realize that it's, it's, it's a far bigger problem than just having said something that wasn't Ke'inian. This experience lets me know that there's a lot more inside of me that needs to come to manifestation. I'm not there just yet. Nimsa we find, through this experience, this allowed for the revelation of tshuva that was first in potential, the aspect of hadra B, I had tshuva, but it was hidden inside of me. It's now able to manifest in the aspect of poil, which is actuality. And that's the secret of hadra B. All of us have somewhere deep inside the readiness to return. But sometimes it's not clear to us exactly what we need to return for. And that itself is a very high madrega. You know, I walk around the whole day knowing exactly what I need to fix. I'm sure some of us here too. But sometimes we're not in that zone, right? Sometimes, let's say. Sometimes we're not. We're just, we're not in that moichin. We're not, we're not. We're not connected to that line of energy. And all of a sudden, we mamish think we're having an aliyah, like a, a big, a big nakuda. But then therein lies the awareness that, that, we're, that there's dissonance, that we're not mamish connecting. And it becomes clear to us, wow, okay, there's, there's something lacking here. And then that lack becomes the Pesach, the doorway into the, into the world of tshuva that we hold within, allowing that to come to manifestation. So it's as if, on the one hand, this Amaira thought that he was striving for a very great height or experiencing a very great light. And in the meantime, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a completely different plan, that it was really not about the ceiling that you're trying to strive for, but it was about the floor, right? It was about a completely different experience of tshuva, that that, that, that was the real reason that, you know, that you had this experience. That's what Rabbi Nachman says, the secret of Hadri B, the secret of tshuva in potential. And then through this kind of experience, being able to bring the tshuva into, um, into actuality. Says the Bredichavarav, this is just the beginning of a little bit of a longer piece, but the end of the piece is really just like a remez in a pasuk of shlachakan. So just to, just to bring the beginning. So I want to get to the the Eish Kodesh. Might have a little bit of a shorter shear because it's just a, a shorter Indian. Okay, so he says like this: Kfar that's known. There are two kinds of awakening. Two kinds of awakening. Lehito orer. To, to awaken his this kind of spiritual awakening the word um orer which means to wake up is also the term say connected to the concept of nar the word nar means a youth a lad right a child but the word nar is really linaer is to shake is to move and that's what a nar is it's constantly moving from place to place there's fire there's movement there's there's energy inside so I once heard from one of the tzaddikim that Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh, doesn't simply mean Jerusalem, the holy city, but it could also mean Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. It's the city that wakes up the holiness inside of you. Ir HaKodesh. It awakens the Kedusha that we have within. Hadra B. Right? That aspect of Nar. That aspect of connecting to the youth. That's still pure, that's innocent, that's connected to the Shairish, the essence of tshuva. So the Bredichvar says there are two kinds of Isairus, there are two kinds of awakenings, there are two kinds of experience of that Narus, the Kedusha that we have within. Hisairus de la Eilav, Hisairus de la Sat. There's an awakening from above, beyond our accomplishment, beyond what we work 
for to attain. It just comes as a gift. And then there's, there's a Isaiah And then there's an awakening from below, that which is in accordance with our efforts. And he says, A person is not allowed to rely on the Hisaurus de la Ela, on the on the upper awakening. You cannot wait. By trusting that one day Hashem will shake me awake. One day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will put me in a situation where I don't have a choice and I must have to ch- turn my life around. He says, The most important thing is to try to take matters into our own hands in this case, to wake ourselves up, to shake ourselves awake. To find a way of inspiring ourselves. And not to wait for a great moment. Or not to wait for a great spiritual opportunity. And not to push things off. And for example, we know that in a few weeks, a big sonic's coming to town. Okay, then, then I'll have my Cyrus and I'll just wait around. He says, Mamashna. Because every moment is a moment that's forever. Every moment. Every moment, this is life. There's no such thing a Jew is never waiting for tomorrow. What, what do you mean you're waiting for tomorrow? Time is an illusion. There is no tomorrow. There is no today. There's just the moment. That's life. Life is just now. So there's no Indian of, of, okay, but, you know, five in five minutes. Because who says there's going to be five minutes? You never, ever know. Now, Be'ez HaShem, we should all live long and happy till 120. And have many, many, many moments again and again and again forever and ever. But how do we know, how do we know about, about um, this Nakuda of, of a minute? It's just now. That's all there is. It's just this moment. And so he says, there's no ability for us to push it off to wait. We have to try to utilize this moment to find some way to wake ourselves up. And then we create a vessel for that spiritual illumination to descend from the realm beyond, from the world above. But then it's in its fitting, proper process. Starts with our avoda. Then we make space for Hashem to come down into our lives. The Pasuk, the Zerka, says Hashem gives wisdom to those who are already wise. When we reach the level of Chacham, so then Oz, Hashem is Baruch Yahiv Chachmasa, Chachma, Kadish Baruch, who adds on to what we've already begun to work on. And Hashem sends this heavenly awakening. Amnam, however, when a child is very young, so then, so then the mother can't wait for the child to latch on because of because he's, he he chops what's going on and he understands where to put his mouth. He says the mother has to do all the work in order so that the baby should nurse. So he says in the same way as Hashem So he says in the same way when a person is in a state where they have no. A foundation. They, they have no foothold. They don't know where to begin. He doesn't. He doesn't even know how to start. So then, so then, right? Hashem has no other choice. He has to wake you up. He has to wake me up. So Hashem sends down this barak, this flash of spiritual illumination from the heavens above. But that's not the way that it's supposed to be. The Bedichaver says the lechatchila is for us to, to really wake up in the morning, and even if we have no hisaurus, to find a way. Through different kinds of avodas, the different kinds of perspectives, to get ourselves into it. Rabbi Nachman says we're going to learn later in Sichas Ran. He says just like you find a person who knows how to work himself up into a tantrum, even if it's a small little thing, but the person really is just focusing on the injustice again and again to the point. Wait a second, no, but this is really bad. What happened to me? This is really terrible, and he gets himself like super angry. The Rebbe says you can do that in Ruchnius also. Asher Whoa, Asher I get to sit. What does what does yeshiva mean? What's beisecha? What does that mean? Ashrei. What does it mean to be fortunate? And you can repeat the pasuk like we learned a few weeks ago last week about repeating one pasuk again and again and again in your mind, right? In order to uncover the the this, the secret depth in there, right? And your chelik in the Torah. Do the same thing with tefillah. You could work your way up. You could you could even if you don't have it. The same way a person, he says, Mamash, a person works themselves up into a tantrum, you can work yourself up into a holy storm of spirituality. Mamash, a storm. 
And we know external actions wake up the inside. So you, you, you could try very much to move your hands during davening and, and make movements, hand motions, like we've learned previously in Sikha Surah Ibn Ahmed says how wonderful it is for a Jew to pour out his or her heart before Hashem. He says with hand motions, Mamash, like you're speaking to, 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 to someone that you're really begging from. Use your hands. And, and it's not exaggerated. You understand? A lot of people think, well, it's not realistic because I don't, I don't really do that when I'm speaking to somebody else. The truth is you do do that. You do. It's just that our relationships with other people have become so understated, have become so enwrapped with, with busha and, 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 and with, with a measured kind of expression that, that we, don't, we don't really express the full depth of our um, expression to other people. So if we're asking something, it really should be to be a pleading, a beseeching. And if you if you should be in a situation which you should never be, where you had to beseech from someone like something really important and really beg that you needed was nachutz, then then hopefully your hands would awaken because that's the natural thing, that's the normal thing. And so at least in the context of Hashem, let's let's be for real. You know, it says there was a story with the, with the Baal Shem Hakadosh that he heard some Jews that were laughing in a shul. At a yid who was doing this, and it was Dominic Shemana Estray with his hands, and he was moving hand motions, and they were laughing at him. So the Balshemtav took, he, he, he was Makbid, and he went over afterwards to them and he said, I don't understand you. He says, If you were to walk past a lake and you would see a person drowning, and you would see their hands flailing above the water like this, you'd stand there and laugh. He says, Of course not. You'd realize the person's mamish. He's, he's calling for someone to save his life. He's in a dire, dire state. He says, you're only laughing because you've never experienced a tefillah where you felt that your whole life depended on that tefillah. He says, this Jew who was davening, waving his hands, he was drowning in a lake and he's calling out for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save him. Not just with his voice, with his words, with his thoughts, with his kavanah. With his whole body, the way that Rabbi Akiva is described in the in the Gemara, he would daven starting in one end of the room, he would end up in the other end of the room. And we have Mamish testimony about the way that Rabbi Yitzchak used to daven, he used to roll under the tables and, and, and you know, jump from chair to chair. It's like, so that's how davening could be. That's Mamish how davening could be. And so ultimately that itself, that could be a good etza, to, to wake yourself up, get into it, you know, move, even if you're not feeling it, specifically because you're not feeling it. How do you wake up someone who's sleeping? You shake them. So I know that will be air. So then in as much as Libi air, and I know what I want, even though I don't want it, but I want to want it. So then I'm in control of my body. So get moving, get moving. You could jump a little bit. You could shake. You could stand on your tippy toes. You, you, could, you could get into it a little bit. And then you'll see somehow something inside starts to wake up. He says, that's really the ideal. When we don't have koyach for that, mamish, we don't have koyach for that. And we've lost touch with even wanting to want, which happens sometimes. And wanting to want to want is very hard already, you know, to, to awaken that nakuda. I, I want that I should want to want. It's very distant. So then, then a person, Mamish, enters the aspect of Bittal. And then we look up at the God that sometimes we feel we don't believe in. And we say, Shalalim, I'm having trouble believing in you today. Can you throw me a rope? You know, I, I just have no kayak. So then he says, Mamish, like a mother, will turn herself toward the infant to help the infant nurse. And not waiting for the infant to figure it out. See, he says, that way Hashem is sending us just free, just a freebie from above. But the lechatchila is to try to wake this up ourselves. With Dan, he says, that the Taz says, it's really not the Taz, the Taz brings it, but it's really a Medrash. It's a Medrash to Hillen. That the Taz brings, based on the Pasuk, where David Amalek says, I shall wake up in the morning. That's Pashup Shat. I wake up, Shachar. But the Medrash says, no, it doesn't mean that David Amalek woke up in the morning. He woke up the morning. He woke up before the morning and he, Mamish, brought morning to the world. David Amalek is a Ira Shachar. And of course, Apiknimius, Mashiach ben David, who comes from David Amalek, right? Mashiach, David Malka Mashiach is a Ira Shachar. He wakes up the great morning to come. About which the Pasuk tells us, is talking about Mashiach, says the Chinuch, and it's for Gimel. So David Amalek is, is the Ira Shachar. 
David Melch was waking up the world. David Melch the beginning of Bittel. David Melch the aspect of Tefillah. David Melch the aspect of Samalach Nafshi, the longing, the yearning. That's that's the Irish Mashiach. That's what that's what we're feeling. The Yidden in our generation. And we have to we have to awaken that within people. People are so thirsty that they don't even know they're thirsty. They're so thirsty. You know, it's 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 hard sometimes. It's mamish that it's a certain clip of just I'm okay. And that okayness is 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 the deepest, deepest darkness. Because not only are you not okay, you're so not okay that you think you're okay. It's it's the worst. Because halavai that everyone should be walking up, you know, in the world so thirsty all the time. I don't mean for for water. Right? Halavai, we should feel a thirst. Not that I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy with my Yiddishkeit. I have my dafyomi shir. I have my, my davening. I'm, I'm happy. Everything's fine. I'm checking all the boxes. It's not enough. It's not enough. And I'm speaking to myself. It's not enough. It's not enough. A Jew, ha- of course, we have to have our, our seder. And we have to try as much as we can to have consistency. But within all of that, a Jew can never close a Gemara and say, okay, good. There has to be a desperate yearning constantly. Not debilitating. You know, not to discourage us. Adarabah, to encourage us so that any spare minute I have, I need I need to open the Gemara again. Because it's not enough that I, I did. What do you mean? I, I learned to know. I had my Seder in the morning. But that, that's not the Nakuda. The Nakuda is that I can't live without learning. I can't live without it. But see my own. That's Mamish the Ar of Mashiach. So he says over here, that's the Indian of the Taza, Ira Shachar. Let the person wake up the dawn and let not the dawn wake him up. Meaning to say, in Ruchnius, in the aspect of Tshuva, the Lachatchila is that we can find a way to awaken ourselves to Tshuva. And it was Iris Elyon, right, to wake up that Shachar, that great morning, that dawn of spirituality. And not that the morning should wake him up, right? Right, so to speak. So that's this Nikud over here that we're learning. That's the ultimate, ultimate goal. Bilchatchila is we can find a way to wake ourselves up. Because all of us have a Hadra B. All of us have that deep yearning inside. It's chuva in potential. It's there already. It's nothing we need to earn. It's built into the DNA. But the question is, how is it going to come to potential? Is it going to come to potential because HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranges this kind of thing where, you know, milamala, just mila'ela, it's, it's a flash that's beyond, and then, and then we feel distant from it, and we, or, or we make a mistake because it's such a great light, and then somebody needs to point out that we're doing something wrong, and then we realize, wow, you talk right, you know, like, like the Rebbe described. Or, or is it something that we could jumpstart? Is it something that we could work ourselves into this holy, you know, tantrum, as it were, of Ruchnius? That's the, just good to know the Bredichshav. There are two, really two stages. One is Bidiyeved, one is, is, is not the ideal, and the other being Lichatchilo. Let's take a look at the Pia Setzner. The Heilige Chavis HaTalmidim. Who's Sefer Achshar Sabrechim. I really would love to learn with you. I really, really would love to learn that Sefer with you. It's, it's Mamish, exactly what we need today. Exactly. It's one of the most unique in my just limited experience, Mamish, the most uni- one of the most unique of all the Svar Makdashim. We've gotten to look at it. Maybe, maybe we'll think of a way, think of a time. We'll see. I, I would just love to learn that with you. Okay, so, but the Heligadar Hamela, who, who, you know, Mamish is the Reb of our generation. Is Mamish the Reb of our generation until Mashiach comes, you know, along, along with so many other tzaddikim, but there's not that many. <laughs> it's not so many other. There are a handful of tzaddikim that really spoke to us. And and the and the Pia Setzner is Barosha. So he writes over here, let's get into this piece. Derech HaMelech is a, is a collection of his longer discourses on the parsha b- before the war. So they're very long and they're, and they're a little bit complicated. And this is from, actually from this week's parsha, Chai Sarah, the third shtickle. So he says like this, He says, The elevated lofty kind of tshuva, the ideal tshuva. Is It's an aspect of bina, the spiritual light 
that comes beyond the world, the world being the lower seven spheros, the lower seven spiritual energies with which the whole world is created. That's why, again, like we always say, that's what there are seven days of the week and seven colors and seven musical notes and seven planets and seven oceans and continents and metals and so on and so forth. Everything in the physical world is seven. Bina is one beyond. Oilam chesed yibane. This world begins with chesed. Chesed being the energy after Bina. But the word Yibana, like we've mentioned in a, in a recent shir, is Oisiyah's Bina, because Chesed emerges from Bina. Oilam Chesed Yibana. There's an there's a interface between Chesed, which is the beginning of the physical world, as it kisses that realm of beyond, which is called Olam Haba, which is the realm of Bina, the realm of deep understanding, the realm of the thought in the divine sense that served as the blueprint for the creation of the physical world. That's hidden, just like our brain is hidden in our skull. You can't see it, but you can see the arms and the legs, the clay hamaisa. So too, that realm of Bina is hidden. It's the spiritual realm, the realm of eight, the realm of Nisim, the realm of Chanukah, the realm of Yoivel, freedom of, of Kibbutz Goliath, connected to the concept of Shoifer, and, and, and so on and so forth. Okay, the realm of Bina. What does it have to do with Tshuva? That Bina is the beginning, 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 dawn of the unfolding of creation. The beginning that creation begins to become revealed starts from Bina. In the beginning, Elohim created, which the Zara Kaddish says in Akdama to the Zara Kaddish. He says that shame Elohim is a reference to Bina. Bara Elohim, Bina is also associated, for those familiar, with the world of Berea. And so Bara Elohim, Elohim being Bina, because that's the name that's associated with Bina. Well, it's, yes, it's, it's associated with Bina, and it's also Yud Kevavke with the Nekudas of Elohim is Bina. So Elohim, Midas Hadin, that has what to do with Bina, which is on the left side. Not getting into all the details now, but at Al-Kopanim, Peresh is Bara Elohim, it's associated with Bina. And that very name, Elohim, is a composite of two words, me, who, and then Ela, which is these, which themselves show up in a Pasuk in Yeshaya, which says, Lift your eyes on high to the spiritual realm, and see me, Bara Ela. Which literally means, see, who created these? Me, Bara'ele. But the deepest thing in the world is, is that this world of disparity, of separateness, of multiplicity, is a beginning of Ele. It's all of these things. Ele lehecha Yisrael, it says, right, by the, by the, uh, by the Egel. Ele, this whole world is the end of Ele. Dark, it's, it's how the Zara, it's separate from Hashem, it seems to be. Ele. Which is the hepech of Hashem Echod. It's just Eile. But the me, who is responsible for all of these, that's the side of, of Hashem Echod. That's the side of the Creator. So look up, look away, says Yeshayahu Look away from the world. Look beyond what you can see, just looking straight. And you'll find me, Bara Eile. You'll find the one Creator who, by virtual realizing that He created all of this stuff, that unifies the Eila, because it's all the product of one, of me. That's the Yichud of me bar Eila. And the Svar say that if you take the letter, the, the, the word me, and you put it together with Eila, that's Elohim, which of course is Gematria, Hateva, nature. But it's Mamish, the godliness that suffuses nature with the light of oneness. Me bar Eila. And so that's Bereshis bar Elohim. What's me? Me, he says, is Gematria 50. Mem and Yud is 50. What's 50? 50 gates of Bina. So this is a reference to the realm of unity beyond the physical world, which is the world of seven. It's the one beyond seven. In the terminology of Yom Kippur, it's achas, achas lamala, achas lamata, achas ushtayim, achas usholish, achas arba, until you get to achas v'sheva. There's the realm of seven, which is the realm of Eila, all of these. And then there's the achas, one above, seven below. There's the realm of achas lamalo. That's the realm of bina. Mi bara eile. Oilam anister. Shebala reishis iskala shekayim al kaponim l'she'ela. 
Farah. It's this hidden realm that all we could do is ask about it. We have no asaga in it. Me, bara. That's what created this world. Olam, me bara eila. Olam hanikla, the revealed world, which we can see. So he says, la now. He says, in accordance with what he had already brought, this is part of a very, very gigantic piece. That the essence of the world is the aspect of Bina, of Tshuva. The whole concept of Tshuva is to renew that which didn't exist. Starting from scratch, to begin a new moment, to begin a new phase, to begin something fresh. So he says, that's the Bechina of Bina that comes before the world. The element of tshuva renews. It starts something fresh. Hagadosh built worlds. He destroyed them. These worlds, he says, that I destroyed. I'm not interested in them. These worlds, I am interested in. There was a process. Then he says, It's true that this is a reference to the Kabbalistic secret of the shattering of the vessels. We're not getting into that now. So we're not going to speak about that now. So he says, really, there are two kinds of tshuva. Tshuva shall oivade. He says, first, there's the tshuva of the person that's, so to speak, already serving Hashem, who doesn't need to do tshuva on the simple, classical level of returning, of, of, of you know, staying away from Averis and, and beginning to walk in a straight path. He says, no, this kind of tshuva, it was good. He was already doing what was proper. He can say, it's not enough. He has the tzimaon. He has the tzima, is the, the aspect of Davra Melech, who was the Balchuva, right? And Davra Melech's whole story was this. He's a consistent, consistent, consistent yearning, state of consistent thirst. I need to have the spirit of his chachos, which in Breslov is so big, it's so strong, because really his chachos is like, it's the contrasting element. It's the element that distinguishes between one kind of Jew and another kind of Jew is schadshus. The question is not if, if, if you're doing everything right. That's not the question. And if you are, and it's fantastic. The question is if your heart is on fire. That's the question. Not if you can manage to toe the, you know, the straight and narrow and check the boxes. But Avodah Hashem needs to be like a, like, a, like a passionate romance. It needs to be stormy. It needs to come from so deep inside. Rachmana liba boy. Hashem wants your heart with all of what that means. This deep thirst, not to do more. I'm already maybe doing every. Let's say a person is doing everything they can. That still doesn't. That, that, that's it's that, that has no connection with the tzimaon. These two things. It's not. This is unquenchable thirst. It's a desperate, desperate thirst. It's the kind of thirst that even though you have date night, let's say you know once a week. But, that, but okay, so so you checked it off the list? No. Hopefully, Mamash, you even no matter how much time you spend with your spouse, no matter how much time you spend with our children, no matter how much time we spend with our loved ones, even if we spend all the time in the world with them, we can sense that there's something deeper here. I want to get to know you better. I want to connect with you even more deeply. That's called a relationship. That's different than religion. Yiddishkeit is not religion. Yiddishkeit is a relationship. It's really what it is. So this kind of person is tshuva number one. I need to, I need to mama start again. This is the aspect of the world being created in the, in the first place. Mamish, that's one kind of creation. Right? Everything was fine. Hashem wasn't doing tshuva from anything. The first creation, everything was good, everything was God, everything was good. Hashem chose to create the world. This is the kind of tshuva, bina, mi bara eila, the creative artistic force of creativity that's fresh, that's new, that's creationist, that happens while everything is already okay. But even so, there's a creation. He says, this is also true for the sinner. Barat Shuvah, there's the ability even after things have already been broken, 
to still do you can completely nullify the past and to connect to the realm of Bina, Bina being the place of creation, Bina being the, the, the waters of renewal, Bina, Bina being the mikvah, the womb from which you emerge fresh, new, Tinak Chanoiladami, brand new. Where you can point at what was and said that wasn't good. This is good. That's what it means that Hashem created worlds and then destroyed them and created new worlds. That's the second kind of tshuva of a person who's who's broken some things, but he's able to refresh. To say those worlds, I had to destroy, to get rid of, the day in Hanyan, but these worlds I'm connecting with. Now here Himamish says the deepest thing. It blew my mind, I'm telling you. I could not believe to read these words. Listen to this. Like we've been learning, the foundation for the entire creation, which is Bina, is Tshuva. Mi bara elim. Vigam hachet yesoidoi koyach ha hu. Unbelievable. He says the sin is itself powered, sponsored by Tshuva. The sin itself. Tshuva mikukeles. It's the energy of Tshuva. And as he's going to explain why in a minute, because it sounds like a shocking, radical thing to say. Like a, like a counterintuitive thing to say, he's going to explain. It's tshuva mekukeles. It's tshuva that comes from a distorted place, which means, but if this person wouldn't have the aspect of hadra b, if you wouldn't have tshuva in potential inside of him, he would never have the ability to disengage from his essential goodness and holiness and move to a new path. That's what a sin is. Nobody starts off sinning. Means to say that there's a place that's rooted in Kedusha inside. That's Asa That's the essential holiness that we have inside. Then a person goes and does a chet. Where did he get the energy to let go of one thing and hold on to another thing? Tshuva. Tshuva, that's what tshuva is. Tshuva gives me the ability to stop holding on to one lane of energy in my life and to begin to get involved in something else. The only reason that the human being can do that is because we have built into ourselves the capacity to utilize that kind of energy if we should step off. But the stepping off is itself an expression, even albeit in a makukal way, in a distorted way, of this of this tshuva. Amazing thing. Rakivan sheboy koyach tshuva nimtza. He has the koyach tshuva inside of him. So he took this otherwise holy energy of being able to start fresh. The koyach of renewal which was supposed to be used maybe even in, a, in an ideal setting for the Ayved who didn't break anything that now he needs to fix again. It's just a Kodesh Baruch creating the world for the first time around to keep on growing, to keep on moving, to keep on pushing higher and stronger and, and more exalted and growing. And he, Hafchilara, he had this Koyach of Eschadshus in a way of, in a way of Tumah. And he made the decision that I need a schadzus in my life. What am I going to do? I'm going to let go of the derech hatoiv that's baked into me in my essence. And I'm going to hold on to a different derech. That's called tshuva, mekul keles. Even though it's not tshuva to return, because that's not where you started. But it's the koyach of creativity, l'ra. It's the koyach of schadzus, l'ra, rachman al-etzlan. So he says that's pshat on the pasuk that we're all familiar with, the pasuk in Yirmiyot. Where Miyaser, where he cries out, Shuvu Banim Shaivavim, return my wayward children. Now, the word Shaivavim is translated as, as wayward. But he says, really, the truth is, it's, it's a pretty similar word to Chuva itself. Shuvu Banim Shaivavim. It really sounds like he's saying, return my returning children. Or do Chuva, those of you who are already holding on to Chuva. How so? When, I'm sorry, when he said return, who is he speaking to? 
He was speaking to the chaitim, and he didn't mean to, to 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 you know bash them over the heads and to say, "Oh, you're so you're so you're straying and you're distant and you're wayward." No, he meant to give them chizuk, an incredible chizuk. And he said to them, "I want you to know, banim, my children, shuvu return because sheivavim, because it can't be that difficult for you to do tshuva. Why? Because right now, persisting in this new path that you've taken, and it is always a new path, the path of hate, it's never something that's essential. You already have it in you. You see that you could change. And don't tell me this is the deepest thing. Don't tell me that it's too hard for me to change. Because look, I'm already entrenched in my ways. These are not your ways. These are not your ways. The only reason that you held on to this way is because you have it in you to break away from something and to hold on to something else because you're Kaddish. V'shimcha Kaddish. V'kaddish shemichol yayim yaladu chasel. Yaladu chasel. You're a chelik alikamimal. Kulam ahuvim. Kulam brun. Mamish, there's no such thing. There's no such thing that you started off this way. Do you hear the chizuk? It's a double chizuk. It's, it's unbelievable. The chizuk is, don't tell me that you don't have the energy, that you cannot do tshuva. A, you have the koyach of tshuva in you already, hadra B, in potential. And how do I know that? Because this path that you think you're on is not your path. That path is already secondary. It's already something that you have to utilize your koyach of tshuva to let go of your essential self, of Asa Likimas Adam Yashar, to hold on to something foreign. The aim of Bikshu Cheshboinis Rabbim, of Machshavish Zaris, the foreign fields. So, Mamela, not only do you have the Koyach of doing Tshuva, it's going to be the most simple thing in the world because it's not as if you have to twist yourself now into an unnatural pretzel of, of spirituality. It's returning home. Shuvu Banim, Shoivavim. You're already, you're already in this Indian of letting go of one thing and holding on to the other. Come home, Banim. It's a different way of reading it. You already have the energy of Tshuva pulsing through you. Even in your sins, it's already the energy of Tshuva. Amazing thing. Tshuva mekulkeles and echanami. It's it's been used in a, in a wayward way. Shuvu banim shayvavim. Shigam after shayvavim b'tshuva. Even now, you're wandering, you're distanced. It's all founded on the energy of return. It's all founded on this ability to let go of something, to start something fresh, to start anew, to start again. And don't tell me you you you. I, I'm not getting it out clear. Don't tell me that that. You've never done such a thing because right now you're doing such a thing. Don't tell me you're so entrenched in this natural experience of hate because it's not natural. You see, it's two birds with one stone. It's not natural. And you see that you have the koyach of, of returning. So you might give mamish do it. He's giving them koyach here. He's not yelling at them. He's giving them so much strength. Shuvu banim. Shevavim. Imkein rakla hafoich has tshuva mukukeles l'toiva. Aleichem lasois. That's all you have to do and you can do it. You can accomplish it. I read this piece and I was mamish thinking, Hadrabi. Hadrabi. What a chizik. Sometimes tshuva in potential shows up in the strangest of places. Sometimes, and it's good to remember, sometimes Khasrasham, a person falls into a Yerida, a person falls into a matziv. Remember, this is not natural. This itself is tshuva in potential. And it's a double chizik. One, this is not you. Two, Tshuva is going to be easy for you because look, you're already doing it in a dark way, in a contrasting way of the way that it's supposed to be used. But if you can activate it in a holy sense, you've already done it. And don't tell me that you're rooted in hate. You can't break free. You're not rooted in hate because the hate itself was letting go of your essential holiness and getting involved in something else. You see, you can do it. Shuvu banim shayvavim. I just wanted to share that piece of with you because that's Mamish, the Indian of Hajar B. So I bless us, you know, Aira Shachar. We should be Yidin that are constantly yearning, like David Amalek. We should be Yidin that, that, that really take Yiddishkeit into our own hands and, 
And mama, shake ourselves awake as much as we can with physical movements and with, with spiritual, as much as we can, adding onto our learning and our perception and our sagas and, and our emuna and our thinking and our putting all these teachings into practice so that our eyes are different eyes. And it's not just you go to a shir, you hear something spiritual and it's inspiring and it's beautiful. You know, mama, it should be a different world when we finish learning tire like this. Mama, a different world to put it into practice as much as we can, everything we're learning. But here specifically, and if not, we should be zaycha to always remember hadrabi. Tshuva is something you already have. Not only don't you, not only do you already have it somewhere in some you know dusty cabinet in the inner recesses of your being, it already manifests in everything that we already need to do tshuva for. And it's the easiest thing in the world to just come home. There's nothing easier. And Mamash, I should be about tshuva. I bless myself and all of us. Um, and uh, and and really the primary bracha that I could give based a little bit on what we learned is 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 really to remember this all the time. We have to be yidin who are who are tshuva type A yidin, you know, who loy dailikach, loy dailikach, never become satisfied. Loy dailikach. And again, not in a way that we feel, you know, so broken because we're never getting there. No, we're getting there today. But we're not sufficing with things as they are. Every opportunity for Kedusha, grab it, run after it, hold on to it. There's nothing else in the world. There's nothing else. Hevel, Havel, Makol, Havel. Yidin for real, Rahman Aliba by Jews, Balshemt of Jews, Piyasetzner, Chasidim, and Balshemt of Talmidim, Bazus Hashem. Chaim Alavracha, thank you guys for joining me for this teaching and wishing everybody the most beautiful Lichtig day. We still have five more minutes. Does anybody want to add, share, reflect? Could you explain on what Hajar B is exactly, the, the language? Hajar B on a, simple, on a simple level means that the Amoira was saying, I recant. I think I'm taking back my shita because that's really what I was speaking about. But the translation. Hadra means to return. Hadra B. So in context, it means that I'm 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 you know I'm I'm recanting my opinion. I said one thing, you had a, a shaila on it. Okay, hadra B. Fine. I, I'm I'm you know, I'm removing myself from that. But the Rebbe says anytime you see re, re, return, what's the root of returning? Is chuva. So Mimela, he has all these three levels of understanding. First, Apipshat, and then Hajra B means more than just recanting an opinion, it means Chuva. And then Gavalt, he says, wow, Hajra B, not just I'm returning, I had Chuva in me all along. I had Chuva in me all along. Okay, Chavar, thank you so much. Have an amazing rest of the week. Be'ezer Hashem, we shall see you on Thursday night, I hope. If the time doesn't work out, it seems, I don't know, sometimes there's not so many chevra that are able to tune in. But I, I'm telling you, we've been having siyata deshmaya with those shirim, something miraculous. I don't know if you've been able to hear, like, like mamish open gates for, for that chabura. So, so and it could be because it's dafka in person and there are a lot of chevra who come baruch Hashem. So that, that adds to it. It's different than a Zoom shir, which is also beautiful. Um, but there's a certain energy, if you, if you can, if you can make it, we'd love to, to learn with you then. Shikoya. Thank you so much, Rebbe. This was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you really, very much for joining. Really, really. Thank you for joining. Okay, Chavra. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining.